We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR 550. Happy Friday, everybody. Weather's not too bad outside. Sun is still out. Not really a ton of clouds out here in Amherst, which is very, very nice. Good way to go into the weekend. What's a better way to go in the weekend? Knowing that football is going to be back on Monday. We're all going back to work, or if you work over the weekend, so you'll kind of deal with it there. But on Monday, football will officially be back. Because I do like to count training camp as the official start of football for me. I think I think at that point then you're getting you're getting news updates, there's different storylines being played out. You're hearing this player's doing great, this player's not doing great. It kind of the wheels start turning, right? Football really starts to come around. Now it does have a much longer preseason it feels like or, or you know build up period than say hockey or basketball which you know seems very very quick. Like all of a sudden, boom, we're in the regular season and, and it's a go. And you're, you're full steam ahead pretty much the moment it feels like everyone gets back into town. Football's a bit different. We have that sort of calm before the storm. You know, like the first week of practice, there's no pads. You know, they're not really doing anything of serious consequence. There's not even really any camp stories that are developing. But at least we're back. Tomorrow, Sports Talk Saturday, Nate will have the day off. It'll be Derek Kramer. I'll be producing with him. So I'll be hanging out there from 11 to 2. And then Sunday... Nate Geary and Sneaky Jody Biasi, they'll be doing sort of a special Sports Talk Sunday edition of, you know, essentially training camp. They'll be live from St. John Fisher University. They'll be in Rochester doing that. Uh, for me, though, right now, I don't have any camp stories to talk about. We're on the last day before really things start really getting going for the Bills, they, uh, the Veterans Report tomorrow. But tonight, not really a ton of news. So I thought... Before we head into the season officially, because I count the start of training camp as that, barring any injuries, these are going to be sort of my predictions. I'm going to do division predictions, and I'm going to do some of the major awards. You know, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. And we'll kind of do that. We'll have fun for the next hour, just kind of run through where I think everyone will finish. If you want to bring in your thoughts, you can tweet at me, at ZacharyJones198. You can tweet at the WGR account, at WGR550. If you want to give your own input about where you think certain teams will finish, which division will have maybe it's you know a brand new winner. And we'll, you know, we'll dive into some of like the divisions I think could be a little more you know fascinating compared to others, which I think will kind of be, I don't want to say easy for a singular team to win, but definitely not nearly as competitive as others. Starting off at the top, we'll be we're going to start in the AFC for at least this segment. If not, the entire segment will go you know through both conferences. But definitely, we'll do the AFC, 
in this next half hour. I want to start in the AFC South. It's my least favorite division in all of football. I said yesterday it's basically Thursday Night Football as like an entity, which is gross. It's oversaturated, and it doesn't look great. The the AFC South. I think the Indianapolis Colts come out of that division. I think last year with Carson Wentz, they dealt with a lot of issues in terms of quarterback play. How consistent was it actually? You know, Carson Wentz finishes with around 27 touchdowns and under 10 picks, but it was when he decided to play good or not that really dictated what Indianapolis could do. And also, a lot of those stats came from the fact that teams were almost completely zeroing in on Jonathan Taylor, the young running back out of Wisconsin, who really flourished last year and became an absolute force in the NFL. That's where a lot of Wentz's stats came from. Teams were just so zeroed in on, if you can stop Taylor, we can win the game. And they were kind of, to a certain extent, right. And of course, Indianapolis this season collapses in on itself in Week 17 when they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Maybe Trevor Lawrence's best-looking game. It's definitely the best game the Jaguars played that entire year. And it did lead them to you know feel a little bit better going into this upcoming season. Some storylines I do want to look at with this division, although I did mention yesterday I really don't want to watch this division play football. So very quickly, how does Matt Ryan look in a Colts uniform? I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be all right. But not he's not going to be a, a you know a world beater. He's not going to be this guy that's going to you know rediscover his MVP self. I've said it a number of times. I think that was Kyle Shanahan doing a lot of the the little details to push Matt Ryan to that MVP season he got in Atlanta. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is it not necessarily a one year wonder, but is he able to repeat that success he had last year? Michael Pittman, wide receiver out of USC. He's I think this is going to be his third season. I want to say. Does he take the next step into becoming a number one wide receiver in the NFL? And finally, for the Colts, their defense. I love how they have drafted. I think Chris Ballard has done a phenomenal job there at GM in terms of really riding that ship. He got there just a tad late to keep Andrew Luck there, to keep him upright, to keep his body right. But they got in there just a, a bit too late, and ultimately you know, Andrew Luck was kind of done at that point. But they've built, they've built a really good roster. Now it's kind of, you know, can Indianapolis finally get over that hump? They've always been that team the last two years that no one really wants to play. Yet when they get in the playoffs, if they get into the playoffs, they falter. Phillip Rivers has led Colts team against the Bills. They falter. They fell back or behind early, and they kind of had to claw their way back into that game, especially in the second half. And then this past year, right there, you just got to beat the, the terrible you know, awful, horribly run Jacksonville Jaguars, and instead they're embarrassed. Now, weirdly enough, it was in Jacksonville, and they have a like historically bad record in Jacksonville, but that's a story for a different time. Around the conference, Derrick Henry, do we potentially see a comeback 2,000-yard season from him? I think that is absolutely on the table as he was getting towards that before he got hurt last year. Is this the year where we kind of see the Tennessee Titans not just move off of Ryan Tannehill, but truly abruptly go to a new era. They drafted Malik Wilson in the third round, but I I would not be surprised to see them, if things are going poorly, bench Ryan Tannehill, see how Malik Willis works. And if he's not great, they go to one of the quarterbacks early in the draft next year, as they know a lot of these teams are really starting to get their young quarterbacks into positions, or teams are trading for them, and they're getting them in positions to where there may be three to four to five first-round quarterbacks next year, and ultimately there just may not be enough teams to draft those quarterbacks. 
So I do want to see where Tennessee is in that, at least halfway through the season, definitely by the end of the season. Jacksonville, I think they could be the NFL's most improved team. I said it yesterday. They're the one team in the AFC South I genuinely can't wait to watch. I want to see how they look with Doug Peterson. I want to see if Charles Lawrence looks like a better quarterback. I think he had moments last year of brilliance. I think he had moments last year that he looked overwhelmed, out of his depth, and I think a lot of that came from his coaching he got last year in Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer actively wanting to like create a quarterback controversy there and make Lawrence work for it rather than you know getting his prodigal quarterback ready to go for week one, uh, stuff around that. But he ultimately ends the season on such a high high that I am excited to see them go into the preseason. I tr- I don't know if Trevor Lawrence will play the Hall of Fame game, but if he does, I'm thrilled to watch that game. I will absolutely sit down and watch Jacksonville versus the Raiders, I want to say on August 4th or August 8th. It's one of those two dates for the Hall of Fame game. I can't wait to watch that if Trevor Lawrence plays. I don't totally think he will, but even then, I, I'm excited to hear reports out of Jacksonville of how he looks, how the offense looks. They bring back Marvin Jones, Olivis Chenault still on the team, Travis Etienne, the first-round pick from last year who didn't get to play at all. We're going to see him as a weapon, not necessarily just a running back. James Robinson at running back is phenomenal. I think ultimately, though, just James Pe- or, uh, Doug Peterson just being there at head coach is going to be such a almost calming presence to that whole organization of whew, an adults in the room, somebody who knows what they're doing, somebody who has been a part of a Super Bowl winning team, who, by the way, brought one to a city that is notoriously in Philadelphia, very tough to be liked in. And Doug Peterson is a statue there. So... That I think in its in its own self should just be a page of his resume, like just a picture of the statue with you know underneath saying this is in Philadelphia. So you know, take with that as you will. So I'm very excited to see where Jacksonville can go, especially the development of Trevor Lawrence. I absolutely bought all into Trevor Lawrence last uh, going into the draft last year, and I thought during the season last year it just it, it was very clear. The direction of that team was absolutely nowhere. It was spinning in circles. Urban Meyer was completely out of his depth, and it was a bad hire by Shad Khan and the entire ownership of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But it's completely up in the air. Is Lawrence broken? Was he you know, overhyped anyways? I don't think so. I think there was moments last year where he absolutely showed why he was the number one overall draft pick. Finally, the Houston Texans. Again, I kind of said it yesterday. I really just want to see Davis Mills play. I kind of want to just see how he looks. I want him to prove people wrong. I want him to kind of prove that it doesn't matter that I was not a first-round pick. He's kind of become the Dak Prescott of his year's draft class, where consistently Dak and Carson Wentz were far closer than a lot of people wanted to admit, but because Carson Wentz was the second overall pick and Dak Prescott was a third-round pick, it was kind of this constant, well... Like clearly Carson Wentz has more of a physical, you know, tool advantage over Dak. So of course I'm always going to take Carson Wentz. And now that looks horribly foolish. And, you know, say what you will about Dak Prescott. He is worlds better than Carson Wentz. It's not even close. And I'd like to see Davis Mill Davis Mills take that step forward too, where as much as I'm a Justin Fields fan, and even a Zach Wilson fan, I liked him coming out of BYU. I'd love for him to kind of just step forward and just be like, Nope, I'm better than you guys. You know, he threw 16 touchdown passes last year, 10 interceptions, definitely over 60% completion percentage. I'd love for him to put up, you know, add 10 more touchdowns of that, kind of like what Josh Allen did from his rookie year to his sophomore season, about 10 touchdown passes more. If he throws 26 touchdown passes and 10 interceptions, if I see one person rank him as like the worst second-year quarterback, I'm going to lose my mind. Next up, the AFC North as a division. 
is a fascinating one. My winner of that division, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Now, yesterday we were talking a little bit about Lamar Jackson and if he actually wants to sign back with Baltimore. But I did make mention that Baltimore is still a really talented team, but in terms of long-term success with Lamar, they're not doing a great job. Now, I will kind of, not necessarily an asterisk, but you know, my feeling is that Deshaun Watson will be suspended eight games. So with that being said, I think Jacoby Brissett is not even really a starting quarterback. I think he's very much a solid backup option. So when you have to go into eight games of either him or apparently Josh Rosen, that's not great. I think Cleveland's a really good team, but they're going to need a good quarterback to really get the most out of that team. They don't have an Odell Beckham Jr. and a Jarvis Landry as, as a dual threat wide receiver talents. They have Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Their running back room is very good. I think a lot of us have seen the um, Nick Chubb. I want to say he was squatting 610 pounds. I think I had that number right. It's definitely over 600. That's ridiculous. He's an unbelievable running back. And and he's definitely one of the workhorse running backs that, well, I don't love watching, can definitely grind a defense down. And if you have a great quarterback, can definitely make that work. But, so with that being said, I have Baltimore finishing first. I like their defense. It's going to be healthier. Their offense, while they're receiving the receiving weapons as a whole, leaves more than a lot to be desired. I think Bateman can definitely take a step forward in year two. I liked him coming out of Minnesota last year in the draft. So I think he could be a really big boost for them. And also, they're going to have two of their elite running backs back. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards both got hurt. They're, I think they're going to take a little bit slower to come into camp. J.K. Dobbins mentioned in Ian Rappaport's report from a few days ago that you know he basically was calling out a little bit of BS on Ian Rappaport, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Rappaport's not just making that up. He's getting that from within the Ravens. So I would imagine there's going to be a little bit of a making sure Dobbins doesn't rush himself back. Players will always want to do that as a former athlete myself. I completely understand that. You'll always think you're probably healthier than you actually are. And that's why they have medical staffs. Some of them are better than others. But so I have Baltimore at one. I have Cincinnati in second. Now, I in my bold predictions article I released a few weeks ago, I said Cincinnati likely won't make the playoffs. It just in my mind, you lose the Super Bowl, your division as a whole gets better and healthier. And that can be a recipe for just missing, being that disappointing team that, ooh, there's clearly talent there, but what happened? I'm not sold yet on Zach Taylor as a head coach. I'm absolutely sold on Burrow. I'm sold on that receiving core, namely, of course, Jamar Chase. I think the defense is going to be pretty solid, and I think the O-line has definitely improved. The problem is, I just don't know. Their end-of-the-season schedule is tough, and it can be something where if they're not hot in November, December, they can go from a team that you know is 8-4, and four, and they finish the, the season 9-8, and 8-9, eight, eight and, and in the AFC this year, being the second-place team is going to be tough. It is going to be something where you're holding your breath week 17 and 18 going, I hope we get in. I hope we're in. Winning your division early could be a massive boost to a lot of these teams of just being relaxing. Like, okay, we're definitely going to be in the playoffs. Because right now, finishing second in the AFC, because of how talented the division is, is going to be a tough ask. I have Cleveland finishing third. Because I think even with the eight-game suspension, I don't imagine Brissett or Rosen would go you know, 0 for 8. I don't imagine that. I think they can at least get two or three wins. And then Watson coming in, and I don't think Watson's going to go undefeated. But he'll definitely improve that team. Pittsburgh's the one I have in fourth, and it's mainly because their offense worries me. I'm not 
sure on what to think of Najee Harris, mainly because the quarterback position, and that's my other point here, is not threatening enough for me to sit there and go, let's not load the box and just stop 22. Along with that, I like George Pickens as a rookie, but he's still a rookie. I can't just come in and say immediately he's going to pop and be a main reason, unless I'm saying he's going to win rookie of the year, which I'm not. Deontay Johnson, I like as sort of a slot, you know, grab a ton of catches, move the ball forward kind of receiver, but he's not going to be a, a guy that I think is going to make or break Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. And then Chase Claypool, fun as rookie year, not so much as sophomore year. So I have Pittsburgh finishing fourth. Now, none of the AFC North teams I think will be overly bad teams. I think they're all going to be pretty darn solid. I think that is going to be a division that is absolutely a grudge match every single time. They all have very good defensive pieces, if not very good defenses. I think the most underrated player of the entire AFC North defensive run is Trey Hendrickson, the uh, the edge rusher in Cincinnati. He gets no love, and for the last two or maybe even three seasons, he's had double-digit sacks, and he did last year with his first year with Cincinnati. He was a major factor for them. But he is just horribly underrated. Then you go to Pittsburgh's defense. Of course, Minka Fitzpatrick and T.J. Watt are absolutely animals out there. Cleveland, Miles Garrett is a menace. One of the best pass rushers of the last 10 years. And then Baltimore. You just have a very, very solid group. Marcus Peters is a great cornerback. Marlon Humphrey's a very good cornerback. There's a very, very good group there. So I got Baltimore finishing first. Cincinnati finishing second. Cleveland third. Pittsburgh fourth. Oh, and for the AFC South, I'll, I'll go through those four, too, as well. I have Indianapolis in first, Tennessee in second, Jacksonville in third, and Houston in fourth. To the AFC East. I think we'll do we'll do the AFC East now. I don't want to say a ton about these teams because, number one, I think the Bills are going to walk through this division. I think they are easily the best team in the division. I have been on record of saying I think the division as a whole is a bit overrated in certain areas and underrated in others. I think the Bills are significantly the best team. I think Miami's the second best team. But I do anticipate Tua being benched around halfway through the season. He is not a franchise quarterback to me. I know we always have to hear from Tyreek Hill saying like how much, you know, Tua is actually more accurate than Patrick Mahomes, and I actually prefer that style of play and blah, 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 whatever. Tua is not a good NFL quarterback, at least starter-wise. He will have a career in the NFL. That is a fact. Tua can absolutely be a very, very good Back up to solid starting quarterback. But in terms of being franchise guy, in terms of competing with the cream of the crop of the AFC, as it is right now, absolutely not. Get out of here with that. He cannot compete with the Justin Herberts, Joe Burrows, Josh Allen's, and Patrick Mahomes of this division, or of this conference. He can't. He cannot. And it's not necessarily just because of his arm talent, but that does play into it. He's not nearly as athletic as them. Part, part of that is due to his hip injury to staying in college. But his arm talent isn't there. And Miami has done an amazing job of putting together a very, very good team for him. They have done an exceptional job. But it's, no. I think last year, the Bills, for whatever reason, while they scored a ton of points, it always seemed to be an ugly game that they played against the Dolphins compared to years past with Josh Allen. I think a lot of that was Brian Flores' defenses. And while there are some pieces that are still there, namely Xavier Howard, of course, I think the Bills will be better on offense this year. They're going to have more weapons in terms of what they can do. And without Brian Flores there, I think that defense does absolutely take a step back. 
And that is going to be where they're going to try to get into a shootout with the Bills, and Tua will just not be able to answer the bell consistently enough for them to warrant having him start every single game. Going to the Jets, I think the Jets are vastly improved. I have loved their drafts. I think Joe Douglas is an underrated GM in this league. I think he is a top 10 GM, and if he is fired this year from the Jets, he will immediately be picked up by a team that's looking to rebuild. Because ultimately, if he gets fired, it's because Zach Wilson flails out. That's how he gets fired. Is if that goes so south that it's clear they picked the wrong guy and they got to go. But G- but great GMs all the time screw up the quarterback pick because it's one you're not really allowed to screw up. Or even there's not there's no real room for you to have picked two or three guys and all of a sudden it's like yeah but that one we picked in the third round don't really worry about him like receivers like with cornerbacks you know stuff like that. You usually will pick him in the first round and that becomes the face of your era of drafting, of being the GM. There is no room for error. With that being said, I do think Zach Wilson will take a step forward. There have been reports coming out of their mini camps and their OTAs that as the, as the weeks had gone by, he had gotten better and better and better. Is he looking great? No. But he's clearly looked more comfortable and he has looked better in the Jets' offense. And then you add on the fact that the Jets have now got a really, really solid, if not even great, offensive weapons room. They just drafted Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I think him and uh, Chris Olave were phenomenal. And they potentially got the best one in terms of just just being an A receiver, just being a guy that will get you over 100 catches in his prime, 1,300 yards, and like 10 touchdowns. Like That's the kind of guy that Garrett Wilson is. At his prime, that's the guy he is. You get Elijah Moore from last year. Unbelievable. Everyone on the station last year loved Elijah Moore. Nate Geary loved him. I loved. I wasn't on the station yet, but I loved Elijah Moore. I thought he was amazing when they drafted him. Most of my fantasy leagues, I drafted Elijah Moore, not even really caring who the Jets quarterback was. He dealt with injuries last year. Now he's coming in healthy. Corey Davis, who was a, a very solid number two for Tennessee with A.J. Brown, is going to essentially be their third wide receiver. And then you get Braxton Berrios as a kick punt returner and a really good slot guy. And then you go to their running back room, Michael Carter and Brees Hall, and a very improved offensive line. You've probably heard this a number of times this offseason, but the Jets have done an exceptional job of setting things up for Zach Wilson to succeed. And for me, for the Jets and Zach Wilson to be better than the Patriots this year, Zach Wilson just needs to be the run-of-the-mill average quarterback. And he has the skill set to surpass that. So I think this year, Zach Wilson's just going to be an average quarterback. He will not be a dumpster fire. He's going to be pretty darn solid. Will he be great? No. Will he have bad games? Absolutely. But he'll have some really good games. And that'll put the Jets in third in this division. And I do think the New England Patriots finish fourth. I've, I've said this for months. I don't like anything they're doing. Yesterday it was official. They're going to have both not an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator. Colin Coward said it today on his show. Bill Belichick has gotten to the point where he just doesn't want to be challenged. He does not want to be uncomfortable. He has brought in his former players as coaches. He is bringing in his son as a coach. He only brings in coaches that were previously under his staff. He does not want to be pushed to his limits. And that is how you stagnate, and that is how you fail. You must, And that's in everything in life. Push yourself beyond your, your where you're comfortable. And he won't do it. He has now hit a point, probably in both of his age... And just the fact that he's kind of probably thinking, why would I do that? 
I don't have my elite quarterback now, so I, I need things to be comfortable for me. When in reality, no. You need star power. You need to be able to work with complicated personalities and bring in legitimate talent. But he's got a bunch of yes-men who are scared of him because he's the head coach and he's the great Bill Belichick. And now he doesn't even have an offensive coordinator that he's had for years in Josh McDaniels. So now he's saying, well, screw it. We're not going to have a defense coordinator or an offense coordinator. I think the Patriots are in for a world of hurt this year. I think we've seen the best of Mac Jones. You've heard it on this station. Bulldog has said it a number of times. He thinks we've seen the best of Mac Jones, and I wholeheartedly agree. His skill set is exactly what he is. There is not much upside. That is what you get. And that's and that's what happened. But, of course, all we have to hear from you know, the, the game cast and all that stuff is how great he's looked. Well, every draft expert told you that's what he was going to look like. He was going to probably look the best right out of the gate. And that that would be it. There would be no upside. And that's what we're going to see. And now, a big part of their offense as well, their running game coordinator, their their guy in Josh McDaniels, the offense coordinator, is gone. So that running game could take a huge hit. And the receivers, the no-name guys, and Devontae Parker. And Devontae Parker is a really solid receiver, but I would never say great. So I have it being the Bills. Of course, I think they're a runaway favorite. Miami in second, but I do eventually think Tua will be benched, but I think that team is phenomenal. And especially you know, with their backup being Teddy Bridgewater, it's not going to take a huge difference. So I think they'll finish with around 10 wins. Then I have the Jets in third and New England in fourth. And really quickly with the AFC, uh, the AFC West before we hit our first break, I do not have the Chiefs winning this division. I have the LA Chargers. I have completely bought in. I am completely bought in. Justin Herbert is the best quarterback the Chargers franchise has had since Dan Fouts. He has already, in my mind, surpassed Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers was a really good quarterback. But he needed things to be really good around him for him to have personal and team success. He needed to have LaDainian Tomlinson breaking the all-time touchdown records in the season. He needed to have maybe the most loaded team in that era of, of like those early to late 2000s before 2010, like 2005 to 2010. Those are the most loaded Chargers teams in the NFL. They were awesome. And he needed things to go well. And I don't think you've ever put him in the same category in the AFC of Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger. You just wouldn't. Those three, and really two of them, were on their own stratospheres. Where I think you're being short-sighted if you don't put Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, in somewhat of a same kind of category. Now, with that being said, Herbert does need to make the playoffs this year. That team is good. They they add Khalil Mack and they add J.C. Jackson. They helped out their defense in huge ways. And that is actually why I have them above the Chiefs in these standings. The Chiefs defense, I said it yesterday, I don't think they're very good. I think it will hold them back. And the Chargers added enough firepower on their defense, it allowed their their superstar quarterback to not have to score 35 points a game to win and they have a head coach who is willing to push the limits of where his team can go they go for it a lot on fourth down they score touchdowns they don't kick field goals now if they can find some consistency along with a good defense i think that's a great team so i have the chargers in first in second i have the chiefs i don't think their defense is great but I think Mahomes is that much of a difference maker quarterback. I think they'll be okay without Tyreek Hill, but it will take some time to come around. And they'll finish second. Denver in third. I'm somewhat backing off of Denver. 
I love the acquisition of Russell Wilson when it happened, but it just to me it feels like there's just there's something off there for me. I know some people feel it with the Detroit Lions, but for me, the Detroit thing is a little different. Detroit is a team that people just think could be pretty good this year. I think they can maybe make the playoffs, right? Denver, it feels like, no, they're a Super Bowl contender now. And it's just, these past two years with Russell Wilson, it's been so hot to start and so cold about the middle of the season. Was that Seattle? Is that Wilson? Is it a mix of the two? I don't know. And I'm just, I'm not comfortable right now definitively saying it was Seattle and it's definitely not Wilson. I'm not there yet. And as well, I'm interested to see how good this receiving core actually is. I know Cortland Sutton good and I know Tim Patrick is damn good. What about Jerry Judy? Came out with a lot of press his rookie year out of Alabama, and he has not produced at all. And then in fourth, I have the Raiders. Without a doubt, the best fourth-place team in all of football. They are going to be a loaded team. I think they're going to score a ton of points. They'll be a bit behind a lot, but Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, I will say this, are going to be fantasy darlings. But I think they finish fourth. I'm just, I don't like Josh McDaniels, number one, as a head coach. And I think what's painful is that they absolutely have the fourth best quarterback in that division and that's a shame because Derek Carr is a very good quarterback we're going to take a quick time out when we come back we're going to do the NFC side of things and then I'll give you my Super Bowl prediction that's coming up here on the nightcap on WGR worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let Instacart Cart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back into the nightcap here on WGR. Happy Friday. It's a wonderful night outside. We talked about our first segment, division winners. We went through the AFC. Real quick recap of that. AFC East, I, of course, have the Bills. AFC South, I have Indianapolis. The AFC West, I have the Chargers finally dethroning the Chiefs, I want to say after five years. And then the AFC North, I have Baltimore. They're going to be healthier this year. Lamar is either going to want a big contract from the Ravens or he's going to want to show teams in the NFL that he is worth it. So I think Baltimore finishes second I'm sorry, finishes first in that division. Now on to the NFC. NFC, I said it a few times now on this show, is is a definitely a less 
overall talented conference in the AFC. The AFC is loaded, especially at the quarterback position, but I think those teams are even loaded up for Super Bowl windows, realizing that those can be very short. And it's a very old conference in terms of those quarterbacks. So I'll get those two teams out of the way first. In the NFC South, I have Tampa Bay winning that division. Now, some interesting storylines I'm excited for in that division. Baker Mayfield and Carolina is kind of the only one. Outside of, I think Tampa's going to run away with that division. But I am interested to see how Baker Mayfield performs in a new system with a coach very much on the hot seat in Matt Rule. But he's got a solid supporting cast on DJ Moore and Chris McCaffrey highlight that. And I think a defense led by Brian Burns is also nothing to be scoffed at. I think Carolina can definitely be an improved team this year. I think Baker Mayfield is a fine quarterback, especially when healthy, and he will be this year. I think not necessarily that Baker's going to surprise people and shock people and go, oh my gosh, he's actually an elite quarterback now. I had no idea. No. Baker's not an elite quarterback. I think, you know, same as what I said with Mac Jones, he does not have, you know, the physical traits to ultimately become elite. And I don't think, you know, he is the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning mold of, I work so much, people and my teammates wonder if I have a social life kind of deal. I don't think he's that. But I think he is just good enough that he can definitely right the ship and make and make Carolina a respectable team. Atlanta, it's a full rebuild. I don't care. We'll see how that goes. I, I you know, when Desmond Ritter starts his first game, I'll definitely pay attention to that because I, I did like Desmond Ritter coming out in terms of just a fun story, and I thought he was a really good guy, and I and I want him to have an NFL career. And then New Orleans. What's the Michael Thomas situation looking like? What's the Alvin Kamara situation looking like? I love Chris Olave. I wrote about him at our website at WGR550.com. He was my, one of my first draft crushes of this year. And I was, I was, he, I wanted the Bills to get him so badly. He was off the board before the Bills even had picked. And I'm more than okay with the Kyrie Elam pick, especially after seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff with him. He fits this team like an absolute glove. But the Saints, to me, could be like that weirdly like bad team, but also a team that wins nine games and everyone's like, Ooh, they're like a quarterback away, or they're like a few pieces away. So they're a little interesting, but not really. Atlanta, not at all. Carolina, absolutely because of Baker Mayfield. Tampa, not at all. They're going to run with it, with, or run away with that division. And as long as I don't have to watch Tom Brady, I won't. The NFC North. I think Green Bay wins this, but it is going to be a grind, and it is going to be a struggle. And ultimately, they'll win it because they do have the best quarterback in that conference by a wide margin. So they'll ultimately win. But I'm interested in every single team in this division. Chicago, I said I don't want to watch. But if Justin Fields can pop, they become a very watchable team because the talent Fields possesses could be something that could turn Chicago around very quickly. And it could be one of those things where they surprise people, win five games this year, and realize, ooh, they've got a ton of cap space going into next offseason. They can get a few you know, free agents here and there, fill out with some draft picks, and all of a sudden Chicago's a solid team. Right? But that's about it. Fields and Darnell Mooney, Mooney being you know Fields' best receiver. That's kind of it. Minnesota, Mike Zimmer's finally out. What does that look like? I think Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback, but that's ultimately it for Kirk Cousins. He's a fine quarterback, throws a great deep ball, but he does now have an offensive-minded coach in Kevin O'Connell. Comes over from the Rams as their offensive coordinator, so he's coming from that Sean McVay tree. Sean McVay has worked wonders with very average to below average quarterbacks. Jared Goff, he made Jared Goff look like a potential MVP. And then eventually just gotten so far with him, and he's like, all right, I'm done. And you're giving Kevin Connell, 
Kevin O'Connell, excuse me, a loaded weapon room. Justin Jefferson is the first name to come to mind. He is, to me, the best wide receiver in football. His first two seasons in the NFL prove that. He has been a superstar from the word go. Adam Thielen is just a great all-around receiver. He's lost the A spot to Justin Jefferson, but he is a darn good number two. And Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in football. And with the pop ability of the wide receivers... That makes Dalvin Cook that much more dangerous. The defense is solid. It's nothing great, but it's solid. And I think the Vikings are going to be that team that is just constantly an annoyance to everyone in the NFC. It's the one team that they're not great where you're going, probably going to chalk that one up to a loss. And they're not the cupcake teams where you're like, that should be a win. If we lose, we're embarrassing. They're going to be constantly that team where you're looking going, they could be a team that really screws up our schedule. They could be a team that will give us fits, and if we don't play our A game, they'll win. Especially, especially with the popability of Justin Jefferson, it won't do much in terms of betting, but in terms of big playabilities that can come from a quarterback who, well, I don't love Kirk Cousins, he does throw a mean deep ball, can really cause issues for teams. The Detroit Lions, I mentioned them in the first segment as one of those teams that everyone's kind of up in the air about. You know, what's going on there? Are they good? Is the whole, you know, Dan Campbell crazy speeches actually working? Or are they still the Detroit Lions? I think they're definitely a hugely improved team. I think they could do something this year that is, is going to be fun. And I think they're setting themselves up to where when eventually Jared Goff kind of shows, again, there's a window to his ability. They can move up to get one of the three to four to five quarterbacks coming out of this first round. And Detroit is setting themselves up to be that team that can draft a high-potential guy but have a great team around him that doesn't force him to be a superstar day one, right? Because that's always, you know, these these great quarterbacks always typically go to bad teams, and it, and it does lead to, well, that bad team better have hired all the great people right away or that career's basically dead from, you know, his name being drafted. I think Detroit has absolutely set up either Goff really well this year or their, their next rookie quarterback next year. DJ Chark is to join this team. Jamison Williams, who seemingly is recovering from his ACL injury very quickly and could be ready to go either week one or two, if not even into training camp. And Amon St. Brown was a phenomenal wide receiver for them last year. And TJ Hawkinson at tight end is definitely a top five tight end in the league. Then you have DeAndre Swift in the backfield and one of the best O-lines in football. That is perfectly set up not only for Jared Goff, but if he is just fine this year, which, by the way, his stats improved enough to where people left that season going, ooh, Detroit had just found their mojo and the season ended. Jared Goff's stats did legitimately improve, and now you've added two really good receivers to that room. If Goff is not in the upper echelon of quarterbacks, they will move off of him. Because I do believe they have something in Dan Campbell. And that defense has added Aiden Hutchinson to the second overall pick. And if he can just be, you know, an 8.5 to 10.5 sack guy, his rookie year, phenomenal pickup for them. Jeff Okudo at, at cornerback is finally getting over some of his injuries he's had in his first two years. If he can be a stabilizer cornerback for them, that's another huge pickup. That they just He's been on the team, but just ultimately not there because of injuries. Detroit, I think, could win 10-11 games and could really push Green Bay to their limit. I think ultimately Green Bay gets gets by them because they have the better quarterback. But ultimately, I could see I, Detroit. I absolutely see as a playoff team at this current moment right now. I absolutely see Detroit as a playoff team. 
because I look around at the rest of the divisions, these second, third place teams, and I'm wondering, I'm like, I'd see Detroit beating those teams. So I've got Detroit in second, Green Bay in first, Minnesota third, and Chicago in fourth. The AFC West, I have San Francisco winning this division. I love Trey Lance. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's going to make him the star second-year player to, to pop off. I think the Rams are still a very, very good team, and they'll finish second. I think those are going to be that's going to be the best one-two punch of any conference in the National Football League. I think in fourth is obviously going to be Seattle, and then third is going to be Arizona. I think Cliff Kinsbury is going to get fired. I think Kyler Murray. Well, it's going to kind of continue to be Kyler Murray. It's just a really solid quarterback with high upside moments, but definitely not worth his contract. And the NFC East, I said it yesterday, I think Philadelphia is going to win that division. I think they're a phenomenal football team. That is definitely seeing if Jalen Hurts is the guy. I think Philadelphia and Detroit could be two teams that ultimately make the playoffs and move off their quarterbacks in the same offseason. Dallas Ivan second. I don't think Mike McCarthy is a head coach at all. I think... They maybe have the defense player of the year, Micah Parsons. CeeDee Lamb's a great wide receiver, but their head coach is a dinosaur at, in the worst ways. In third, I have Washington. Carson Wentz only gets you so far, and he is going to hurt you. But Ron Rivera is a very, very good coach. And the Giants, I have in fourth. I think the Giants are in a full rebuild. I think they're just being kind to Daniel Jones this year, but they're ultimately going to move off of him as well to get Brian Dable and Joe Shane their own quarterback. We're going to take a quick timeout, and we come back. We're going to preview Bill's training camp. We are also going to talk about who I think is going to win the MVP this year and some of the other big awards such as Defense Player of the Year, Head Coach of the Year, Offense Player of the Year, and the Rookies. We'll do that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Very quick segment here on the Nightcap as we close out the week. Happy Friday, everybody. Quick programming notes for you as we head into Bill's training camp tomorrow, Sports Talk Saturday from 11 to 2. It'll be Derek Kramer with you. I'll be on the board with him, so it'll be us two for about three hours. Then, of course, on Sunday, Bill's training camp begins. That'll be their first practice. Nate Geary and Sneaky Joe will be live from St. John Fisher University for the Bill's first training camp practice of the year. Thank you for listening. That is going to do it here on the Nightcap on WGR. Everyone have a great weekend. Good night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.